We are live. But not really. Right. Because we don't we don't stream live. But right now we're live, but by the time people hear this. In the future, yeah. They will hear this. They will hear our truth. We're speaking to the future. We are from we, the past. We always speak to the future, actually. We speak to and for the future. Future generations will listen to this podcast and they will know that we were here. Right here. In the basement in Brooklyn. Now, normally it's customary to say that we're right here wherever they're listening to from. Yeah, that's that's true. That is where we are. That is my thing, though, anyway. But now, we're in the basement in Brooklyn. In the future, we're... We're everywhere. Wherever our listeners... We are on the internet. We are literally everywhere. We are penetrating the universe. We're just... We're inside everything, you know? Like, the force. But real. Because we're the basement bookers. Because we're rated R for realness, like the guy says. Real force. The real the force for realness. We are a force for realness. Force the realness upon everyone. We will force our realness because we have a new president-elect. We do. Yes. But our realness is not like the creepy kind of realness where it's like not warranted. This is wanted realness. Like, not like... The we know you want it realness. <laughs> but like, for sure you do. But not like, you know what I mean. Yeah, not, not the pussy grabbing kind of realness. That, that's right, you've said it. You said it, not me. This podcast is rated off realness. Explicit fucking content. Episode 141. And this is week 49 in the never-ending reign. Of my heavyweight championship. Why are you just making up numbers now? It worked for Goldberg. Remember? Yeah. It's like one week, it's but like... There have not been that many pay-per-views. They don't know that. Don't let facts get in the way of a good story. And basement chair here. Heavyweight champion of the basement bookers. With Rich Deriz. Former... Champion. And future champion. You keep saying. I do. Maybe one day it'll come true. It will. Maybe one day. You believe hard enough. Mm-hmm. You believe super extra hard enough. You go out there just like when little Ricard was three years old. And he wish upon a star. And he'd go, starlight, star bright. And first star I see tonight. I want to be the champion of the basement. Please grant my wish. And the star says, Ricard, you better wake your ass up, boy, because it'll be a cold day in hell before you regain this heavyweight championship. How's that for an intro, huh? So I was champion when I was three years old, apparently. No, see, you were wishing for the... You became a champion. It did come true. But then I time traveled back, and I replaced that. See, oh, that was you. That was me. See, it all comes back. Such a douche. Fucking time travel, right? I know. See? Time travel douches. Anyway, the world hasn't ended. Nope. We're still here, damn it. Here we are. There's plenty of professional wrestling news. I'm going to start the veggies with the fact that a Hall of Famer... <laughs> Wrestling Hall of Famer is President-elect of the United States. 
That's all I gotta say about that. The only, well, once he takes office, he'll be the only president in history to ever take a stunner. That's right. And he'll be the only president in history to be defeated in four years' time. When part two of my prophecy has come to pass, when The Rock, who will have Michelle Obama as his running mate, will become the President of the United States in 2020. Is she his cousin too? No. You're racist. No. (laughs) Now, I just want to say, I have a theory. Okay, so The Rock wins. Running mate's Michelle Obama. Bases covered, right? Then, you know, the, there will be a new position. The press secretary will be replaced by the press redneck, the stone-cold Steve Austin. The press secretary, he's the guy that they ask all the questions to. The press corps. Mm-hmm. Ask a question about foreign policy or some shit, because I don't know much about politics. Mr. President, do you have any plans to bring down the Trump wall? But they're not asking the president. They're asking... Oh, Mr. Press Secretary. Yeah. Do you have any plan? Does the president have any plans to bring down the Trump wall? What? The Trump wall. What? Bring it down. What? Any plans? What? To bring it down. Thank you very much. <laughs> he walks off. <laughs> and, and, oh, also, but he won't always do it because The Rock will do his own. Like, he'll, if he's around, mm-hmm. he'll do, he'll, he'll answer questions himself. Because okay. he's great at promos. And if he's not available, then the press redneck will be handling the business. Can will, will, will the press redneck, Mr. Stone Cold Steve Austin, be wearing the, the badge he wore as uh, GM or Raw, the sheriff? It's going to be better. Okay. Because he's all like working for the president, President The Rock. Which I hope he continues to refer to himself as The Rock. He, he, he doesn't even do that now. Yeah, but it's different when you're president. I know. I know, man. But I have faith. I said it. I said it. If he wins, then this leaves the door open for The Rock. Actually, Reagan said the president for uh, Rock. Because Reagan was a big actor. Yeah, but The Rock is a big actor. Like, he's giant. He's ginormous. So he could probably kick most world leaders' asses. Like, for real. That's what he should do. He should get like a, a, a black belt or something, like in like real fighting. And like if The Rock learned how to really fight, could you imagine? Like if he had this is this is amazing. If he had Brock Lesnar teach him wrestling. Brock Lesnar and Kurt Angle as wrestling coaches. And like the Gracies to trade him in that shit. Who's a good striker? Hmm. Conor McGregor for punching. Chuck Liddell. Yeah. And, and he's not Evans. That's right. And then that's when we start settling everything in combat. Like. As opposed to combat? Like. Wars? But it's the world leaders. Instead of young men. Fighting and dying for crap that old freaking 
gray-haired jabronis sitting comfortably in their homes while our fucking men and women are out there busting their asses, then they should just fight each other. World leaders just throw down. Put them in a cage. Let's do this thing. Winner take all. And that's it. But with rules. Yeah. And it's Veterans Day. Huh? It is Veterans Day. Ah, see? Tie it all in. And that, the sort of veggies. I guess I, I spoiled dinner with candy a little bit there. A little bit. It's okay, we got some veggies. Uh, we also have a couple of other sides. Wait. Oh. I forgot something. Oh, boy. I had a Facebook post that I had a great idea this morning. Sorry. I thought that was your great idea. This is a great idea. Okay. That was just off the dome just now. Mm-hmm. All right. So this is because some folks weren't happy with the results mm-hmm. and decided to cry and mm-hmm. protest. You didn't go my way. Not so much protest, but like riot, because it's like a complete difference between the two. Mm-hmm. Once again, this is my Facebook post from 12 hours ago. Mm-hmm. Once again, wrestling gives me an idea. So a month or whatever after the election is over, there's a money in the bank election between the runner-up and, like, two other presidential hopefuls. I cut it to three because six is nuts. The winner gets a briefcase with a contract in it, approved by whoever is supposed to be approved by. I'm pretty sure Schoolhouse Rock covered it, but my memory is not great. The holder of the briefcase can cash it in any time after March, then there is an impromptu election part two, the wrath of the Revengeful Fest. Just made it up. The strategy would be to hold on to it until the sitting president makes a mistake or there's some scandal or leak where your opponent is weakest. Whatever, it's Friday, boots to asses. Rock 2020. Crazy. I thought that'd be a great idea. Scandal hits Washington. So-and-so caught in bed with a so-and-so. What? Oh no, Bernie Sanders, he's got the briefcase. It's an election. They'll just go from there. That would be some real wackiness. Yeah, that's that shit. That's that shit. I'm telling you, bro. Let the world leaders settle in combat. And we'd have the Rock represent us. Dude, he'd be president forever. Uh, maybe eight years at most. Because there's a law. Yeah, but since we change the laws where it's all figured out in combat, then they have to pick the strongest congressman to fight The Rock. And if the congressman happens to beat The Rock, then The Rock's new law appointing him king for life will get, you know, whatever the word is. Repealed? Repealed. Yeah. I don't know. I think The Rock would only want to... I don't think The Rock would do like more than eight years anyway. I don't think he'd want to. Because he believes in America. Democracy and shit. Stuff. Yeah, I'm done with my nonsense. You may proceed... With real news. That's not real news! What's not real about my news? That's politics. This is wrestling. Oh, right. That's true. Okay? Come on. Back to Earth. I am of Earth. You in the basement? Maybe. Physically. So, in a follow-up to last week's giant TNA story, Billy Corgan announced today that he settled his lawsuit with TNA and Anthem, and that, quote, to fill in the blanks, he'll do a few interviews next week to spell out what is and isn't 
in it. So the settlement was he gets Maria for like a night? And call it even? That would... Yeah, I'd be okay with that. I'm sure he would be okay with that. Yeah, man. So, uh, otherwise we'll probably just hear next week, hear about it. This is why I should write laws. Yeah. He'll probably be on Russo's podcast or something. They're friends. They have, Russo's have a podcast? Russo. Oh, Russo. Vince oh, Russo, oh, oh. who blocks you on Twitter. He blocked you, bro. That's alright. I got followed. I saw. By my favorite author, F. Paul Wilson. Look, you week. shouldn't admit that you know how to read. How else am I doing? That's not reading. Veggies. Yeah, right. Anyway, the biggest story this week. Yeah. Making you uncomfortable. Yeah, you are. Biggest story this week is actually a funny one. Jericho and Sin Cara got into a scuffle. Oh, that's big news, huh? On the WWE tour bus en route to Glasgow. Uh, Sin Cara apparently was acting like a douche, and everyone was getting annoyed. Jericho stood up for the rest of the crew and got loud with him. Sin Cara reportedly flew off the handle and told him to fuck off, and after more of a verbal exchange, Sin Cara threw a punch, which may or may not have actually hit, we're not certain. Uh, but Jericho bit his finger in the scuffle. And Sin Cara was thrown off the bus. Wrestling Observer Newsletter... Sorry, Wrestling Observer Radio is reporting that Sin Cara has been ordered to take, to take anger management classes. While PW Insider is saying that as a result of the scuffle, Sin Cara is being moved to SmackDown. Yeah, I watched. I watched SmackDown. I have a question. Mm-hmm. Was he on SmackDown this week? I don't remember. No. I confused him with the other guy. Kalisto. Yeah. yeah the returning from injury, Kalisto. Yeah. Um, Try to tag team partner. They don't look anything alike. Anger management for wrestler? Yeah. Really? If you're gonna fucking start throwing a punch on a tour bus, then yeah. That Chris Jericho's a troublemaker. Jericho Getting is... Getting Brock's face. He's standing up for shit. He, he was standing up for Randy Orton because he didn't know that it was a work. I get that. We talked about that. And he was standing up for the rest of the crew because Sin Cara was being a dick. So why can't somebody else beat him up? And that's a bitch move, biting. Come on, man. Yeah. Wait, 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 wait. What are we? What are we? Mike Tyson, the Holyfield fight? What's going on here? He is a heel. He's biting fingers. He is a heel. In that instance, he was trying to be a face. Heels don't stand up for anybody. What rules are there in fights? Uh, the face wins and the heel loses. Okay, but otherwise, like when there's no ref. Oh, win. There you go. But there's a gentleman's agreement. <sighs> if my life was in danger, I guess, but his life wasn't in danger. Win if you can, lose if you must, but always cheat. Or, if you're not cheating, you're not trying. Or, you're cheating, you're crying. So, I'll punch you. Punch you. Which is not legal in the wrestling ring. It's not the wrestling ring, man. It's the streets. And I'm from the ghetto. You are, as am I. Same ghetto. A couple blocks away. Yeah, well, I actually live in a building. Yeah, that's true. So, how about that? I lived above a tire shop. Yeah, well... It's also pretty ghetto. Did you buy any tires? No. All right, then. 
Were you swinging one? Yeah. From the tire shop? No, not from the tire shop. I did. Doesn't count. We had milk crates for nightstands. Who hasn't? We're going to have a competition here. We'll pour off. Let's do this thing. No, 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 no Dick's Alpha Basement Bookers. Not, not, not like that. Uh, I didn't mention anything about Dick's Alpha Basement Bookers, but I guess you're getting started. I was, you go first, and like, I'll just follow suit. Figure like a, like a pissing contest. Oh. All right, I'll just put this away then. There you go. Thank you. <laughs> uh, Vader was in a car accident over the weekend. Uh, his car apparently rolled over twice. Uh, he showed pictures on his Twitter. The roof of the car was caved in right near his head. And in the pics that he posted of himself, his face is really badly bruised. I guess you're going to have to wear that weird mask on yeah. more. And he says he was un- unconscious for about 35 minutes. Alright, that's fair. So, get well soon, Vader. Glad you're not seriously injured. Mr. Leon White. More news from the European tour. Roman Reigns has been pulled from the tour due to an as-yet-undisclosed family issue. If any new info comes out before the end of this podcast, we will let you know. Uh-oh. Trouble at home. I wonder uh, what's happening over there. Me pretending to be enthusiastic about this. <laughs> <laughs> uh, this is potentially good news. According to the Wrestling Observer Newsletter... WWE is planning on cutting back the number of pay-per-views in 2017, likely due to declining network subscriptions. Thank someone. Vince? Yeah, whatever. Literally? This is too much. Yeah. Do you know how difficult it is for me to constantly defend my title? It's every other, it's every other week. Every except, other week? Oh, except when there's a major one coming up like next week. It's exhausting. Mm-hmm. This is the longest... Period. I've had to rest. Yeah, and, and next week is another uh, prediction episode. Yeah, I, mean, I know, I know. But I will be vigilant. Last piece of news, which started as a rumor, but it started as a whisper. No, I'm gonna do that. No. no. Everybody talks. In a recent interview, Kevin Nash claimed that Shawn Michaels, quote, is moving to Florida to take over as the head of the WWE Performance Center. Triple H clarified in today's conference call to promote TakeOver Toronto that Michael's role has not yet been determined and that Matt Bloom is doing a, quote, great job as head of the Performance Center. He also said that if you could pick a role for Michael's, it would be to help polish the talent that's only a step away from stardom. In other words, Kevin Nash, please shut the fuck up Yeah, and let me handle this shit. Yeah. Because you talk too much. Yep. Like, how about we save a surprise or two? Maybe. You know, it'd be nice. Like, he's run out of things. I guess I'll blow up somebody's spot. Yeah. Topics. Two of them. Last week's episode of TNA Impact had a Team X Gold match. Do you know Team X Gold? Even if I did, you'd still have to explain it to the uninitiated. That's true. So, Team X Gold is an X Division tournament that's going on right now, where they pit three teams of three X-Division members against each other. And it's one fall to the finish, like normal, like normal triple threat match. But, as the announcers perpetually push, 
the rules are, quote, strictly enforced. And I have a description of what happened in one of the matches that I don't like. So the match was Spud and the Decay, Abyss and Krazy Steve. They call him Crazy, but it's two Zs, so it's Krazy. Versus DJ Z. Yeah. You know you're being a prick, right? I don't care. Okay, I'll just let you know that Krazy, just say Crazy. No. No. <laughs> just do it. I don't want to. Damn it, then don't say it. Don't say it. So, Spud and Decay versus DJZ, Mark Andrews, and Braxton Sutter versus Trevor Lee, Andrew Everett, and Marche Rocket. Spud's still a heel? Yeah. Okay, good. Which is weird, because actually, like, when I was previously watching TNA, he was a face. I, I don't know how the heel turn happened, but... He turned on EC3 or something like that. I heard about, like, during the, the thing where EC3 and Matt Hardy were feuding, probably, right? I don't know, probably. So, what happens is... The Decay illegally get involved in the match because Spud was the legal man. Mm-hmm. And the Decay are ejected from the match. But the rules are strictly enforced. Well, the rules are strictly enforced. That's why the Decay were ejected from the match. But they're participants in the match. So that left Spud alone by himself, no one to tag. So it's now a handicap match. It's essentially three on three on one. I don't follow. The Decay got illegally involved. So they disqualified part of a team? Yeah. Only part of the team. That's weird. Yeah. It's weird and stupid. And of course, Spud ate the pin for Team DJZ, which they actually have a name. Uh, team Go For Broke. That's it. More like, we're broke. We should probably go. Yeah. 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 I did that. Oh, uh, uh, yeah. Uh, yeah. 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 That was a pity pound that I just received. Just, I know, I wanted... Just letting the, uh, letting the audience know. It absolutely was. I wanted to get. I wanted the sound of it to get picked up at least. Okay. Because that was totally weak on your part. See the cyst? I know. <laughs> you gotta, like, pop it or something. I don't know. You've had it for literally half your life. I know. Because I've known you that long. Do you think this could kill me? Only if it, like, moves to your heart. Oh. That's a long way. I think I'll be all right. Not a long way if, if it travels on the veins. I'm just gonna wait a little bit till the healthcare stuff settles in, and then I'll check it out. You should probably just like get a hot compress. You think that'll work? I have no idea. I don't know anything about cysts. Cool man. Garooch had one this one time. It was in the middle of his chest, and he went to a doctor and had it removed. And he fucking showed me it looked like a gunshot wound. Awesome. It was awesome. So that's my little mini rant on quote strictly enforcing the rules. In that stupid match. If, if he was going to do that, he should have disqualified the whole team. And just made it three on one, uh, uh, three on three match. You don't put... That doesn't make sense because normally you don't... You, heat's supposed to be on faces. You know, you wouldn't... No one cares if a heel gets beat up when he's by himself. Yeah. They're not supposed to. There's no sympathy. Well, that was it. I think the other... Well, not... Travel East team, but, uh, whatever, fuck it. Yeah, who gives a shit? By the way, Matt Hardy, you haven't been watching, right? I can't, dude. I'm busy. He has amnesia. What? He doesn't remember the brokenness. What? Jeff's Jeff's trying to, okay, here's what happened last week. He's not broken Matt anymore? Because remember last week when we recorded, I hadn't watched it yet. 
So here's what happened on last week's episode. Yeah, explain this. That that whatever that was. <coughs> this is important. So Matt and Jeff were defending tag team titles against DCC, right? The three masked guys that have a mask and a suit. Okay. I'll follow DCC. You. I don't know what the fuck it stands for. Anyway, match starts and they just start brawling all over the place. It's it's by the way, DCC is three guys. Um, it was only two in the match, but fuck the match because they start brawling all Does over the place. Is it free bird rules? No. Okay. Um, so they start brawling literally all over the place. Matt starts chasing one of the DCC members with a forklift. Forklifts don't move fast though. Gotcha. TNA. Okay. So, he gets the guy on the forklift, and they're both on the forklift, and somehow, I don't know who the hell controlled it, someone raised the forklift part all the way up, right? So, they're fighting, Matt unmasks him, but he has another mask right underneath. Shit. Same exact mask. Like, why didn't he just grab both of them? It's like double back. Because TNA. Right. So, and Matt's like celebrating, and the guy's laying on his back, and he just kicks Matt, and you see Matt just fall backwards and land... Flat on his back, on concrete, and not move. Jeff had just gotten out of a box he was locked in, and he runs up to Matt, and this is how the show closes. He's like, Matt, Matt, you alright? He's like, yeah. Who are you? That was the end of the show last week. They gotta get him the water of regeneration. So, from the lake of regeneration. So, this week, obviously what Matt Hardy is doing is that is brilliant. We're fucking talking about it. It's great. Um, This week, you see Matt around the house. He's doing carpentry. He, oh, um, like Jesus. Rebby, sort of, but not really. Rebby tells uh, Jeff that he wants to build another dining room. Like yeah. a whole dining room. Yeah, Jeff's like, you already have a dining room. She's like, I know. <laughs> and he's listening to Senor Benjamin, like he's the boss. Right. Benjamin, Senor Benjamin's just sitting there telling him, like, yeah, go higher. It's like, like this. See, see. C means yes, right? Well, C, Senor yes. Benjamin's people are experts in labor and construction. They're the hardest working people in the world. I could get political, but I won't. <laughs> I'm just speaking truth. So they they so they're like, okay, we have to get him to remember. So they play this. Uh, Rebby plays a song on the piano, and Rebby and Jeff and Senor Benjamin sing the the song he has that that Jeff usually does. Uh, what is it? Um, I always forget how it starts. Whatever, something about being obsolete. And Matt's looking at them like... And they, they do it again, and he's still looking at them like they're weird. And they do it again, and he's still looking at them like they're weird. Because all they're doing is repeating the same one line. Because only one line in this, uh... What is it? I... Something, something, and... Something, I'm obsolete. Whatever the fuck it is. I don't care. So, Jeff's like, alright, we gotta we got take a ride. He's like, hey, where's your car? And he's like, no, I, I only got two wheels. You like pairs of everything, remember? It's the, it's, the, it's the bike I broke my leg on. Isn't that exciting? Matt's like, no. Because <laughs> no. he's all serious. So, he got on the bike and he's like, that ride was horrible. So he takes him to the lake and he Gets him to step in the lake, and he's like, oh, it's cold, and he's doing fucking, he's being, like, prissy about it. And Matt doesn't want to get in the lake. And Jeff's like, fine, I'll just go defend the titles without you. Oh, he wanted to get him to talk to the boat, too. He's like, how am I going to talk to a boat? It's not a person. 
Did they fix him? Not yet. Damn. Alright. And then DCC revealed themselves to be some newcomer, Bram and James Storm. Wow. How did Bram hide all that under that mask? He has a beard. Well, there was a there was a hood thing, too. Oh, okay. You didn't tell me that. Yeah, so just look up DCC. I'll look up DCC. You'll no, see. can we just please continue this yeah. podcast? So that was that. Oh, excellent. Maybe, I don't know. I will watch Total Nonstop Deletion when it comes out. Yeah, it's uh, December 12th or something. Can't wait. It's like half Christmas Eve. Because 12 plus 12 is 24. Yes, exactly. Or 12 times 2 is 24. Second topic. So Ryback has a podcast now. Yeah, it's called uh, An Evening with the Big Guy or whatever the fuck. Something. No one gives a shit about it. And he told this crazy story about a Halloween party he went to at Bray Wyatt's house. He swears he was slipped, quote, magic mushrooms. Did you hear this? I did not. Ah. So he says he's, quote, been way drunker than that before. Mushrooms were involved at some point in this night. So he says at some point, he went up to Bray's bedroom, closed the door, laid on the bed, and started watching TV as if he was Bray. Bray and his wife walk in on this, and Ryback starts giggling. So Bray starts laughing. He tells Bray Wyatt, me and your wife are in love. We love each other. What? And they just were both busting out laughing. I could hear that in the Ryback voice, and I will say that that's funny. What the fuck? We gotta try some. I never have... I've Me never, neither. Have you ever felt the, uh, the 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 desire to? Dude, me neither. Well, uh, I have. That's why I brought it up. I didn't bring it up. You brought it up. It's your subconscious. It's talking to you. You must listen. If you listen, then you are free. So that's Bray Wyatt's wacky. That's uh, Ryback's wacky Halloween party story. Maybe we should do it and then podcast. Maybe we should podcast, then do it, then just record. Okay, <laughs> that would be great. We gotta figure this shit out, son. Now are you ready for Riz's Raw? Dicks out for Raw! Please put that away. Nothing's it's out. sad. Don't, what? <laughs> now you know nothing's happening. Because <laughs> it would like if, look, I'm not... I'm not trying to be egotistical, but you see the movie Pulp Fiction? Yeah. When they opened the briefcase? Yeah. That's exactly what would happen. Like, the gold. The only thing like that gold. briefcase is missing is glorious. Yeah, I think they did that in the thing. In what thing? The ending mania is on. Oh, did they? I don't know. If they didn't, they should. And if they do, they stole it from us. That should have been like the first thing they did. That's That's like the first thing. Yeah, maybe. Anyway, without further delay, I would like to hear this. This is Raw. So, of course, we open up with a recap of last week's Raw, showing us how the club defending their titles in a rematch against the New Day, winning with the Magic Killer on Xavier Woods. Zack Ryder beating Mojo Rawley with a low blow, followed by the bootlicker. Sasha Banks beating Alicia Fox with a bank statement to qualify for a shot this week at Asuka's championship. My announcement that Rusev will be defending his U.S. title versus a contender to be determined by me tonight. And Joe's, champion, Joe's Global Championship Celebration, which saw the announcement that number one contender, that number one contender Seth Rollins and uh, Global Champion Samoa Joe will face off in a Pick Your Poison Challenge 
this week. Kevin Owens' interruption of that, and his claim that Michael Cole distracted him in his match against Shinsuke Nakamura, and Brock Lesnar's subsequent attack on Kevin Owens out of nowhere. That was last week. So Michael Cole welcomes us to the show, and announces that Paul Heyman will be here tonight to explain Brock Lesnar's actions from last week. The New Day come out to the ring to talk, about, to talk about how they're beat up and battered, but that won't stop them from trying to regain their WWE World Tag Team Championships. They plan to petition me for one more shot at the club with the recently healthy Kofi and Xavier Woods. I come out to say that I've spoken with the doctors, and while they are medically cleared, they are not nearly 100%. And though they may deserve a rematch, they won't win one in the shape they're in without virtually guaranteeing further injury. I need a number one contender for the championships for the upcoming free per listen. Favorite, you know, hey, I coined the phrase, I'm paying attention. All right. You Check. want me to interrupt you? No. No. Oh. So I plan on holding a two-round tournament to determine the number one contenders, but the New Day will get their shot at the championships at the following free per listen and, and should take this time to heal up. Given the chaotic nature that the club bring to their matches, this tournament will be designed to bring that out of the would-be number one contenders to determine who can best survive in that kind of environment. So tonight will be three triple threat tag team matches the winners of which will face off next week to determine the no more contenders to the tag team championship for the tag team championships. And the first match is next. Teddy Long will be proud. The New Day look at each other dejectedly, but exit the arena without incident. Because they wanted their shot, but they gotta wait. Because they're cleared, but not healthy. Match one of the Triple Threat Tag Team Tournament. It's the Ascension versus the Golden Truth. Versus the Lucha Dragons. The announcers put over the no disqualification nature of triple threat matches, which is fully taken advantage of by the Ascension, looking much like they did back in NXT. What? You know I knew that, right? I knew that was going to happen. Uh, yeah, because it's me. Yeah, because you love put yourself over and put your guys over. So they break out kendo sticks, chairs, and garbage cans, eventually hitting our truth with the fall of man for the win. Backstage, Buddy Murphy is asking me if he really needs to tag with Wesley Blake tonight. I point out that they had a good run as NXT Tag Team Champions, and this is a shot of gold for both of them. Blake comes in and says, it'll be just like old times. And Murphy walks out. Don't they know they're meant for each other? Why can't they just bury the hatchet? I know, right? Samoa Joe comes out to announce uh, Seth Rollins' opponent for his Pick Your Poison match. Shinsuke Nakamura. It's a rematch from Summer Festbury, whatever we called it. Yeah, that is the name. Joe's on commentary for this back-and-forth match that has Seth take full advantage of the ref's five count on a number of occasions as he attacks the previously injured knee of Nakamura. Shinsuke eventually gets the upper hand, only to have his knee give out on him as he goes to the Kinshasa, leaving him vulnerable to the pedigree, giving Seth the win. Seth, breathless, Grabs the mic to tell Joe that his pick your poison match is next versus AJ Styles. Oh yeah, you got him. I do have him. AJ, as expected, is off to a fast start, but Joe shows his durability as he keeps kicking out of pinfall after pinfall. AJ tries every trick in the book 
and Seth even distracts the ref to try to help AJ, but Joe's a crafty veteran and hits AJ with a low blow while the ref is with Seth. He then sets him up for the muscle buster for the win. Boo. Joe's the face and Seth's the heel. I like AJ Styles. I like AJ Styles and he's also a heel. I love AJ Styles as a heel. I even accept his soccer mom haircut. Me too. Match two of the Triple Threat Tag Team Tournament. Breezango versus Gargano and Champa versus Bo Dallas and Curtis Axel of the Social Outcasts. Gee, I wonder who's going to win this one. Honestly, if you look at the tag teams I have, I there are a number, there are a bunch of them, but eh, I gotta make guys. Uh huh. I understand that feeling. So, despite the no DQ nature of triple threat matches, Gargano and Champa out wrestle, outsmart, and outclass Breeze Angle and the Social Outcast, and pin Fandango to advance. Look how smart I am! I knew that was gonna happen. I know. <laughs> Do you know Fandango was going to eat the pin? I was thinking him or the other guy. It wouldn't have been Tyler Breeze. Oh, good. Yeah, I like Tyler. NXT Mark. No, not really. What's wrong with being a Mark? I don't want to be a Mark. You're no a Mark. One, no one mark. wants to be a Mark. You're not a Mark. We are, dude. We're smart. That just means you like things, dude. Yeah. That's it. That's all it means. It's not derogatory. You having trouble reading your own typewriter? No, it, it turned. <laughs> turned on you. Rusev comes out to the ring to demand that I tell him who he'll be facing tonight for his U.S. title. JoJo announces the next match with the champ in the ring, and Rusev is irate that his match is about to start and he hasn't warmed up. Out comes his opponent, Austin Aries. Honestly, I hadn't used AJ yet. I hadn't used Aries yet. I hadn't used the social outcast You don't have yet. to explain yourself when you're creative vision. I'm just being a fan. Rusev is beside himself and, and almost gets himself disqualified for not listening to the ref's five count as the match starts. Aries weathers the storm, locks in the last chancery, but Lana distracts the ref, allowing Rusev to get out of the hold and hit a low blow, followed by the accolade for the win to retain his U.S. title. That's the second nut shot. It is the second nut shot. Who's running this show? Rusev is apparently not that creative. I just think that there should be an authority figure that should crack down on these dick poundings, which you are so opposed to. Maybe I will. Hmm. Well, if you remember, Rusev... Can't be pressing pickle. Rusev originally beat Samoa... <laughs> Can't smash the snake. If you remember, Rusev first beat Samoa Joe with a low blow. Right. So that's really his M.O. A lot of serial low blowing going on here. Hi-yo. Match three of the Triple Threat Tag Team Tournament. Blake and Murphy... Versus the Revival versus the Usos. This match is mayhem with the Revival taking full advantage of the no disqualification stipulation, as always, as you'd expect. Blake ends up getting beat down by the other two teams, and Murphy debates helping him, clearly half seeing him as a burden and half as an old friend. Murphy ultimately comes to his friend's aid, but ends up getting beat down himself, and the Revival walk away with the win after hitting the Shadow Machine. God damn it! Why can't Blake and Murphy just get on the same page? And they could have they won that. Unity. They could have. So next week, as a result of this first round of the Triple Threat Tag Team Tournament, is the final. The Ascension. Versus Johnny Gargano and Tommaso Ciampa. DIY. They're not DIY in this universe. Uh-oh. <laughs> versus The Revival. For the number one contendership. For the club's tag team titles. 
our co-main event of the evening. Actually, pay per view. Our main event match. <laughs> our main event match of the evening is Sasha versus Asuka for the WWE Women's World Championship. A hard-fought battle that's pretty evenly matched, as you would expect. Sasha seemingly has Asuka where she wants her when she goes for a flying crossbody from the second rope, but Asuka ducks out of the way and the ref gets hit instead. Asuka takes advantage as Sasha checks on the ref. Low blow. <laughs> and she locks in the Asuka lock as the referee comes to. And Sasha passes out. Asuka is still the Women's World Champion and still undefeated. Good. Paul Heyman comes out to explain Brock Lesnar's actions from last week when he hit, a, uh, when he hit Kevin Owens with a series of suplexes and an F5 for seemingly no reason. Footage is shown from Riz's Raw Episode 3 where Kevin Owens opened the show ranting about how he beat Cena in his first match in WWE and had the best first year in the company since Brock Lesnar. Heyman says... This comparison incensed the Beast Incarnate because there is no comparison and Brock Lesnar will make sure the world knows that there is no comparison to the most dominant two-sport athlete to ever grace a ring or an octagon. He challenges Kevin Owens to a fight at the upcoming FPL if he's man enough to try to back up his claims. Kevin Owens comes out and gets in Heyman's face and Heyman's doing his typical, I'm just an advocate, please. Owen says, if that's all it takes to get in Brock's head, then this will be a piece of cake. Much like the birthday cake he ate earlier, because it was Chris Jericho's birthday recently. Right. And the result will be much the same. Brock will be as unrecognizable as the birthday cake when he's done with him. Owen starts off to the back when Brock's music hits, and he dashes down the ramp. But o- Owen's, well, I remember it. Owen's jumps over the barricade. Close that raw and tell him Brock he's just too slow. There is no way Kevin Owens is faster than Brock Lesnar. Oh, see, Owens was by the barricade by the ring. Brock was coming down the ramp. That was pretty good. Thank you. Not as loaded as you said. All those matches are really important. They are, but like you said, ten segments, and I'm like, oh, fucking, my God. I was nervous. All right. So did I, did I intimidate you? Maybe, maybe, maybe you did. Maybe I'm channeling my inner James Ellsworth. <laughs> maybe. <clears throat> this is SmackDown Episode 5. The Kid Kayak Menace. What episode is complete without a recap of the events from the last show? Especially when it's not a weekly show. <laughs> Covered is the detective skills of Angelo Dawkins' private eye. Mm-hmm. And a surprise appearance of Kid Kayak, which really wasn't a surprise, as he said he would be there on Twitter, but no one thought it would be via rope from the roof. The Dudleys being dismantled by the Wyatt family earlier in the day, and becoming the number one contenders the Wyatt family was for the tag team championship. And of course, we have a new champion in Bray Wyatt. Segment one. Loser leaves town. For the duration of SmackDown this week, a.k.a. No Food For You. It's Elias Sampson versus No Way Jose. Elias Sampson is out first, and he's got a song for the people of SmackDown. My people, it is I, Elias Sampson. This song is called Go Away Jose. <laughs> you dance like a squirrel is running down your leg. Go away, Jose. Don't care which way, just away. 
Go away, Jose. <laughs> this quarrel between us ends one way. While I'll be having steak and eggs, you'll be seeking delicious meats. We all know I'm not talking about food. Go away, Jose. <laughs> don't care which way. Just go away, Jose. I don't know how successful a drifter like Elias Sampson was, but I hope he can fight better than he sings. I have it on good authority that Elias Sampson is undefeated against the trombone-playing man in a kangaroo suit opposite his corner. It's JBL. Well, tonight he's not just fighting a man in a kangaroo suit. He's taking on the dance machine, no way, Jose. And he's got a mean left hook. That's right, Mauro. And this fight is for a meal. Because if the loser has to leave for a duration of SmackDown, he does not get to partake in catering. That's right. Before Elias can set his guitar down... A hooded figure in board shorts jumps off the guardrail and nails him with a flying clothesline. Oh. Elias comes to his knees, only to get kicked in the side of the dome piece. Mamma mia! This is no ordinary assailant. Those board shorts and flip-flops can only mean one thing. It's that damn kid kayak. He should be in jail. Where's security? Call the police. He just assaulted one of our own. Mm. Kid Kayak drops down and grabs the guitar off the ground and slides into the ring from the, under the bottom rope. Triple H and Kane run down the ringside, followed by a mix of wrestlers and security. They surround the ring, and there's nowhere to run for Kid Kayak, armed only with an acoustic guitar that he's swinging around like a madman with a baseball bat. If he was afraid, the fear did not show. This was a man who thrived on adrenaline. This was the ultimate thrill. As the angry sea of humanity, not to be confused with Hugh the Manatee, <laughs> it seemed the rush he felt would be short-lived. Until no chance begins to play. Mm. No chance in hell, that is. And it's abruptly stopped by the chairman of the WWE himself, Vincent Kennedy McMahon. Stop right there. And if you put a hand on him, you answer to me. As of 9 a.m. this morning... Kid Kayak is a member of the SmackDown roster, as I have signed him to an exclusive contract to be on the show of his choosing. Triple H is livid, and Kane just looks confused. Triple H motions for a microphone. You couldn't discuss this with me first? I'm running this show, and you spring this on me? I don't answer you. I built this. You are here because I allow it. You married my daughter because I allowed it. You run this brand because I allow it. Now I signed Kid Kayak because he's got the ingredients of a superstar. He's fearless and he's out of his mind. The rest of you get backstage. Kid Kayak, we need to talk in private. So why don't you come with me? Kid Kayak runs Rolls under the bottom rope and heads Elias Sampson his guitar over his fucking head. We cut to commercial as Kid Kayak makes his way through the sea of humanity as a seething Triple H looks. In segment two, we have Randy Orton versus Baron Corbin. Baron Corbin is already in the ring and he's got a mic. He says he is the lone wolf and he is the alpha. And anyone who gets in his way is just a minor inconvenience. Randy Orton makes his way to the ring. And soon after the bell rings, Corbin charges Orton, only to be met with an RKO. And it's over. Easy as one, two, three. 
D-Dad Bros, you and me, we have unfinished business. And come next week on SmackDown, it's you and me. No count out, no disqualification. So next week, so no DQ, no count out, Randy or D-Dad Bros. Segment three, we have American Alpha versus Apollo Crews and Andrade Cien Almas. American Alpha win with the Grand Amplitude on Andrade. Apollo Crews walks out on him at the very end when it's pretty much over. Mm. The lights go out and the Wyatt family appear and beat down the tag team champions and put Apollo through a table. Braun Strowman screams out, Justify! As Bray Wyatt laughs <laughs> in his rocking chair, the heavyweight championship resting on his lap, the talking stick at his side means it's talking time. American Alpha, tonight, you have been given a taste of the new power I have bestowed upon my followers. For we have drained the essence of the Dudley boys and I have raised Dudleyville to the ground. He looks down on his championship. As champion, I will tear down the structure. I will rebuild it in our image. And it will begin with this. He points to the ceiling and a banner drops down. It is the title to the next FPL, the SmackDown exclusive called SmackDown. Follow the buzzards. Commercial break. Yeah, I can. I thought we did joint pay-per-views for the big ones and we can have our own little things. Nope. SmackDown exclusive. I did it. I did it. You might have to write. Just, just instead of an episode, you just make it your raw thing. Yeah, fine. Because it's not going to be next week. It's going to be the week after. Segment five. Four. I skipped four. Huh. Alexa Bliss versus Paige. Winner faces Becky next week in a non-title match. Becky's at ringside. Paige wins with the PTO and does a stare down with Becky Lynch as we go to commercial. Segment five. Backstage, Vince McMahon's office. On one side of the table is Vince McMahon, and the other is Kid Kayak and his attorney, Angelo Dawkins. <laughs> along with his faithful canine companion, who was wearing a tie collar. <laughs> so it's settled. You signed this contract, and you have a match at the next SmackDown FPL against an opponent of your choosing. Any opponent I want... Kid Kayak cannot wait to feel the rush of battle in the middle of that very ring. I'm feeling it. But don't much, don't know much um, legalese. I'll have my attorney go over the documents and uh, I'll sign it later. Aren't you a private investigator? Mr. McMahon, you'll find that I am a man of many talents. <laughs> I passed the bar just last week at Lionel Hutt's online law school. <laughs> Lionel Hutt, isn't that... Yep. yep, made a reference. There you go. Just look it over. Kid Kayak, how about you have a match tonight against No Way Jose, seeing as you stopped his match from happening in the first place? Kid Kayak's down with that. Kid Kayak shakes Mr. McMahon's head and leaves him and his attorney to go over the contract. Segment six. It's John Cena versus The Big Show and a WrestleMania throwback exhibition match. <laughs> John Cena hits the AA on Big Show for the win. 
and they shake hands afterwards. Did you write that segment when I mentioned it before? No, it was in my notes and from the morning when okay. I take stuff I put in. Okay, sorry. John Cena hits the AA on Big Show for the win, and they shake hands afterwards. The Miz shows up with Mark Henry and Sheamus and surround the ring. They brawl with Big Show and John Cena the upper hand. The bad guys get the upper hand when Mark Henry takes Big Show out with a steel chair and Sheamus slams Cena with a steel step. And those hurt. Mm, they're really heavy. That's right. We'll go commercial for ice cream. <laughs> and the segment seven is Roman Reigns versus Cesaro. This match goes to a no contest when Roman Reigns attacks Cesaro from behind as he was making his entrance and power bombs him off the stage. The referee stopped him from attacking Cesaro further. Roman is yelling that he wants Kid Kayak, that after he gets his title back in his rematch, he's going to tear Kid Kayak's face off and shove it up his ass. It's aggressive. <laughs> During the commercial break, Roman Reigns was being escorted from the arena as not to attack Kid Kayak during his first match. Segment 8. Kid Kayak versus No Way Jose. No Way Jose dances his way to the ring, as per usual, waiting to take on the newest member of the SmackDown roster. Kid Kayak's music hits. There is smoke all over the entrance, and he rides down the ramp, standing on a motorcycle. For some reason, he has a paddle, and he's pantomiming some extreme kayaking. <laughs> No way his Jose is confused as shit right now and just can't even. I wrote that. Solid back and forth here with Kid Kayak getting a surprise paddle kick to No Way Jose's dome piece. Triple H's music hits and he runs down to the ring to attack Kid Kayak. Triple H hits him with a low blow <laughs> and calls for Kane. Kane comes down to the ring as the big red machine and choke slams Kid Kayak to close the show as Triple H and Cade stand over him, pretty damn happy with themselves. Smug bastards. Smug bastards indeed. Hmm. The screen on that fucking tablet was very bright. And wow. Like my eyes are like. I was like reading through your glasses. I know. It's like, oh my god, I'm blind. Okay, I'm good now. That SmackDown. Riveting. That was good. Thank you. Vince. Yeah. Ballsy. I had to. I had to. Because I'm like, I was at an impasse. I'm like, how the hell? Triple H is not going to sign him. <laughs> but I was like, well, maybe he'll sign him because he wants to beat him up. But that's not enough. So I put Vince in. I'm, I'm, I'm going to shake the structure up. No it worries. works. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. So, the real WWE this week. <laughs> I got a lot of red marks. I got some green. There's one green on SmackDown, one green on NXT. Alright, try not uh, to carry, get carried away here. Yeah. So, opening segment of Raw, Steph made a fatal five-way match between the members of Team Raw to get them onto the same page. Yeah, that's dumb and old. Yeah, and like they kept doing it. Like, yeah. For like every fucking... Single Survivor Series elimination match that's going on. All the time! Mm -hmm. Glad you agree. Uh, Dana threw Bailey into the ropes wrong, and Bailey hit her face on the rope. And Foxy tossed Dana out of the ring, and her knee caught Bailey in the face on her way down. What a fluster knock. Yeah. 
or something like that. Lana asked America to stand up, and they were in Scotland. Oh! <laughs> I didn't catch that! Very good. See, if they were in America, they should have told, she should have been like, please stand or sit. Or kneel. Or kneel. <laughs> so they don't have a choice. This, this should have been a topic, but. <clears throat> Smackdown. Four-man announce team? Just kick David Otunga out. I think they might be grooming Phillips to replace Otunga because Otunga sucks. Yeah. And like every time he says something, it's like he realized, oh shit, I have to say something. So have you noticed that? That like that's the tone he has? He's that friend. Four four is excessive. That's too much. No one has ever done four before, and there's a reason. WCW didn't? They did three. I, I don't know if I've ever seen a four-man announcement. Hey, why don't they put the whole freaking post-show on the damn announce team? How and, about that? And what happens if like they have a tag team on commentary? That's six. And for dueling tag teams, that's eight. It's no more. Done. Just stop no. it now. Like, I don't dislike Tom Phillips as much as our previous guest Kevin Owens does, but four is a lot. If it was up to me, it'd be Renee Young, mm-hmm. Tom Phillips... Maranalo. If it was up to me, it would be Renee Young, Maranalo, and JBL. Okay. That's, I guess that's okay. If we're keeping Corey Graves on Raw, which I think is a good idea. About Corey Graves, I I don't know. Maybe I'm alone, but I feel like he was better on NXT than he is on Raw. Yeah. On NXT, he kind of like... Sometimes he'll, he'll like the face, sometimes he'll like the heel. It's like, what do you... Unless he's trying to represent the fans that... Just like who they like, whether they're heel face. I guess. Maybe that's what they're trying with him. So, Breezango came out in kilts in Scotland as if they were faces. Also in police gear, giving out tickets for fashion crimes. I think they gave one to JBL. They did. So that means they're faces, because he's a heel announcer. And... eh. But then on Talking Smack, they gave one to Danny Bryan, and they gave Renee, like, seven of them. That's confusing. And they were facing the Vaude Villains. Who are heels. Right. I guess sometimes it doesn't matter, right? I I guess if you're a Breezango, you just gotta get people talking about you. And it's working. Yeah. They were good on Talking Smack. See, I like I liked Talking Smack a lot because it gives, like, guys that don't typically have an opportunity to talk, it gives them that channel. Like Bailey from, what was it, two weeks ago, last week, or whatever it was. Maybe she didn't quite capitalize on it. Maybe she didn't do as well as people hoped. But she had the opportunity. Brizango had the opportunity. I mean, Miz has always been great. Not always. Miz has been great the past number of years, and they gave him opportunity. And it furthers angles. It they make matches for the following week. It gave Ellsworth a chance to talk. I really don't want to make Smack talk for my SmackDown. I don't have to do that, do no, I? No. Okay. Because then you'd have to do Raw Talk. Yeah. And they don't even do that. They still didn't do it this week. I think it's just for like... It's not. They said it's going to be a weekly thing whenever they decide to make it a weekly thing. It's like, oh, let's do Raw Talk for the pay-per-view and then not for Raw ever. Gotcha. Yes. Yeah, <sighs> and this is actually the last red mark on here. Smackdown? Yeah. Okay. Naomi beat Natty with a roll-up. Nikki was on commentary as team captain, and Carmella came down. Natty, as coach, got between them, 
but got shoved out of the way, and Carmella took a forearm from Nikki. All that was stupid and unnecessary. And I like Nikki a lot now. Oh, I like Nikki a lot too. Why? Not not like I don't know. She's gotten better. Now on to my wait. You still SmackDown, right? Yeah. Okay. Good. But like it, it just happened to be in order. Like there were one, two, three, four, five, six reds, and I got two greens. Okay, cool. First good thing this week: Becky being Alexa with the disarmor, with Alexa's foot on the rope. That was good. Alexa actually dominated the match, which was a great match, right? I thought it was cool. I just don't like the fact that the challenger was dominating the champion in her first title defense. But I like the strategy that she used. Uh, attacking left shoulder, trying to neutralize the disarmor. I get that. Doesn't and mean I, have to like And that. I like that, that she won in a controversial manner. And Alexa Bliss talked on Talking Smack also. We're going to agree to disagree. Sorry. But you know what? We'll still be friends. Yeah, I know. Cause I'm not going to defriend you because you have a different opinion than me. Because you just love your Becky. I do. Blindly. I will never, ever adjust my vision. And the only other green I had this week was... Uh, did you watch NXT? We're still talking about SmackDown. Right? Because I had stuff to talk about for SmackDown. You gotta tell me if you're leaving the show. I'm leaving the show. What the hell? So you're telling me they don't have anybody better to fill Baron Corbin's spot on Team SmackDown than fucking Shane McMahon? Oh yeah, that should Really? Been Can we stop this shit? That should have been red. Yeah. Well, there were. That's the thing I was. That's why I asked you if you seen it when I texted you. Okay. Yeah. So they're working towards I think Shane versus Triple H. No. Or Shane versus I don't remember. Worse than that, Brock. Oh yeah, that was at a mania. Why? Why are they trying to get the McMahon's over? Fuck off. See, that meant something right there. No. No thank you. No thank you. I really wasn't a fan of the Hell in a Cell with The Undertaker happening in the first place. Yeah, we knew there would be one crazy spot and then she would lose. Yeah, enough already. Enough. How about the guys that have to wrestle every week? Can we please? And that's it. That's, that's my feeling on that. <laughs> I know I'm going to catch a lot of hate from one of our listeners who loves Shane McMahon, but she's got to agree with me on this. Probably. Well, she watches wrestling as often as he wrestles, so... Yeah. Yeah, yeah, I figured, right? Yeah. Uh, the only other green thing I had this week was a six spot. Did you see NXT? I remember your answer. No, I didn't catch it. All right. So, it was from the California tour, because they're doing that, where they, like, do half, quote-unquote, live, and then half from a fucking house show. Um, smart. It was uh, Authors of Pain versus Gargano and Ciampa, right? Team DIY. Uh, Razor had Ciampa on his shoulders, and Gargano tried for a flying crossbody on him and got caught. So Razor hit a fallaway slam, Samoan drop combo on the two of them. So it's going to be TM61 versus Authors for the Dusty? Yep. Not really, considering I saw Authors of Pain beat them. Mm. <laughs> yeah. And Ellering's going to be in a rattling cage or whatever. Yeah. It's a shark cage. 
so stupid. So stupid. Like, why? Why will it be Paul Ring on a pole match? Like, what is this? That might be a little uncomfortable. Very. <laughs> but for who? Oh. Oh, he's, he is look, walking a little stiff lately. He's got experience in that, you know. Being in a truck. Oh, truck, truck age. I yeah. thought you were talking about being on the pole. I don't know, maybe. Yeah. I mean, people get freaky. They do. So, yeah, I'm, I'm looking forward to this uh, Bobby Roode Ty Dillinger match. Me too. It's going to be fire. That's how we say cool in the streets. Yeah, I know. It is. We say it's going to be good one more time. They really uh, rated NXT's women's division. Right? They have Billy Kay, right? Was she yeah. the one who wrestled and won a match? This week, no. They, uh, I saw a video on WWE.com where she won a match. Ember Moon won this week. Maybe from last week? I don't know, maybe. But she looked like she... I don't know. Ember Moon beat Rachel Ellering, who is going by Rachel Evers now. Traveling with Dad. Obviously. The Evers thing, I think, might be a tribute to Lance Storm. That's his real last name. Well, she did train at his school. There you go. So I got... There was another vignette this week for The Return. And I say The Return is going to be next week. Of what? I don't know. It, it just says The Return. On Raw? On NXT. What's the status on Emma? Still, uh... Up in the premiering air. Premiering soon. Oh, okay. She keeps refereeing matches at house shows. I wonder so. what the story behind I hope they don't put her and Zach together on TV. Yeah, me neither. She could be the Yoko for the hype. She's gonna be on Raw. Oh yeah, they're on SmackDown. That's true. Forgot about that. You mix it up your shows, bro. Listen, there's so much fucking. There's so many guys. I watch four wrestling shows a week, and they all have separate rosters. I don't. You know my memory. Yeah, I do. Let's wrap this bitch up, Richard Riz. Well, you're listening to us right now. Where are you listening to us? I don't know. But where can you listen to us? If this is your first time, if you're at your buddy's house or whatever, someone gave you their MP3 player or portable device. Or you're sitting in a living room. Wherever. Around the, the radio because you're fucking broke as shit. You only listen to the radio for some reason. Yeah. This is not the Basin Booker's Network much. I mean, well, it will be eventually, hopefully. Okay. Uh, Basin Booker's Network. But right now... Hopefully you listen on Stitcher because eventually we get enough of you out there. We might make a dollar or two a month. It'd be nice. Yeah. Um, make sure to rate and review. Uh, same deal on iTunes because we're available there also. Rate, review, and subscribe. Don't forget to subscribe. Mm-hmm. Hit that button. Hit it. If you want to contact us, you can hit us up on Twitter at BasinBookers. At Basement Chair. Yeah, yeah. For the GM of SmackDown. Yeah, yeah. At Rich the Riz. For the GM of Riz's Raw. He won't let you forget it. That's right. He puts himself in there. He puts himself over. I, I, I didn't put you over as the GM of SmackDown. You did, but like... I, I like your Raw, but it's like... It's like... It's almost like Raw, where, like, Stephanie's always putting herself over, but you put yourself over. I don't put myself over. I'm just there making the decisions. I have have not gotten physical with anyone. I'm not putting myself in matches. Okay. Well, she doesn't either. Not anymore. Anyway. It's me being a... Facebook, Basin Bookers. Like our page. We post shit there pretty often. Occasionally. Yeah. Rarely. We should work on that. I, I post every now and then. We, we post a couple times a week. Listen, 
Just do it. Uh, if anyone knows how to work on MySpace, hit me up at the Twitter, average there is, so I can learn how to work on MySpace. Let's be honest, you're not doing shit. I'm not. Yeah, I mean, let's, let's just call a spade a spade, you know. What's that look? <laughs> it's the, uh, it reminds me of uh, Shane Douglas saying that to, I don't remember who it was. He said it to someone. Was, but, wait, but um, Two Cold Scorpio was in the ring, and he turned to him and said, no offense. It's a different time. It was a different, different time. time. It's different, different time, different company. You could do anything in ECW. Yeah. And Shane Douglas is the friggin' man. The Dean. <laughs> and as every week, Basement Chair has a message. The Match of Life is scheduled for one fall, so make it count. Rock 2020! And do what the man says.